This episode of Never Not Knitting is brought to you by Tot Toppers, original knitting patterns for tots and a new line for those who are not. Visit the shop online at www.tottoppers.com. Hi, this is Alana, and you're listening to the Never Not Knitting Podcast. everyone. Thank you for joining me today for episode 55 of Never Not Knitting. As always, I'd like to start off today's show by announcing the winner of last episode's drawing giveaway. Everyone who left a comment under the drawing post on my blog was entered to win the four beautiful skeins of Sweet Georgia yarn along with the Georgia sweater pattern designed by Jane Richmond. I chose one commenter at random using the online random number generator, and I'm happy to announce that the winner is Megan, or Dolly Dimple on Ravelry. Congratulations. So please, Megan, when you hear this, be sure to contact me right away at nevernotknitting at gmail.com so that you can claim your prize and also so that I can get your shipping information and get this prize mailed on out to you right away. Thank you to everyone who participated. So, since I last recorded, I've been keeping myself quite busy. Yes, I'm still working on that design collection, but the good news is I'm almost done. I'm working on the final piece as we speak. Literally. It's right here beside me. And if everything goes as planned, I'll be able to share all of the details of this top secret project with you on the next episode, airing on August 15th. So be sure to join me back for that. It's exciting because after months of very hard work, I'm finally starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel regarding this project, and that feels really good. I really look forward to telling you all about it. Besides this project, though, I have also had a whole lot of other things going on in my life right now as well. As you all know, we're having a new baby in November, so I'm trying to get everything ready for that. We've been digging all the baby things out of storage to go through everything, and at the same time, we're trying to get my five-year-old daughter's room cleared out and organized to make room for her little brother. My living room floor is basically covered at the moment in piles of baby clothes and baby gear that I'm sorting through. It's utter chaos, I tell you. Not to mention the fact that I just got back from going out of town with my family. It's just seriously a crazy time. But because life must go on, and because of this current crazy schedule, I feel as though I am really living up to my online persona as of late. I feel that I truly am never not knitting these days. In order to get this design project completed and available to all of you before this little person arrives, I've had to take advantage of every spare moment to knit. I've been knitting in the car every time I'm a passenger, even if it means 
I'm going to be riding the car for a couple of minutes. Just anything to get a few stitches in. And also, I've been taking my knitting with me everywhere that I possibly can. If I could figure out a way to knit while pushing a shopping cart, I would totally do that. Literally, the knitting's going with me everywhere, even to the point where it gets rather embarrassing. Oh, you want me to come over for dinner? Oh sure, I'd love to, but the big bag of knitting will be joining us as well. I think my friends understand, I hope, or at least they've just come to expect it. I just wonder what the other people think. People that I don't know very well. I mean, I'm sure it's kind of strange to see this girl frantically knitting a sweater while conversing with people at a party. It's probably something you don't see every day in the non-knitting world. Go to a knitting trade show full of knitters, and that kind of behavior is completely normal, and to be expected. But on the outside, not so much. I contemplate telling these people that knitting is actually my job, but I'm not sure that it would make me seem any more normal. After all, when I do venture down that road and try to explain my knitting business to non-knitters, that most often backfires on me, and instead I just come off as extremely strange in the process. I usually don't bring it up unless I absolutely have to. The most uncomfortable situations for me usually end up being family get-togethers. My extended family doesn't live close by, and I only seem to get together with them every couple of years. I have a handful of cousins all around my age who are all very nice people, with prestigious college backgrounds and careers. And then there's me, the work-at-home knitting mom. Now don't get me wrong, I'm not ashamed of that. I love my family and I love my job. But you can imagine how this scenario plays out, right? One cousin is talking about law school, the other is talking about producing television commercials, and then the conversation points to me. Oh, Alana, what are you doing for work these days? And although I think my job is very fun and very cool, I don't think that selling knitting patterns sounds all that impressive to a non-knitter. It's not their fault, but they just don't get it. But you guys understand, right? You think it's cool, don't you? You and, um, maybe my parents? Speaking of my parents, they always try to rescue me in these situations. My dad will say something like, Hey, tell them about your podcast as I'm giving him the evil eye across the table and silently mouthing the words, No. No. Because nothing sounds cooler to a non-knitter than someone who records themselves talking about their knitting and then posts it over the internet, right? Because I'm sure that sounds totally normal and it wouldn't make me sound even more like an absolute nerd. But there my parents are, totally oblivious and proud and entirely supportive, just the way parents should be. And if I'm really lucky, 
my dad will even pull out his iPod and actually start playing the latest episodes for all of my non-knitting family to enjoy. Now, it's at this point that I am far, far away mentally, in my happy place, because I'm pretty sure it would be really childish to hide under the table or something, even though I wish that I could. I don't know why I find this situation so mortifying, but I just do. I don't know, it just makes me feel weird. In my personal experience, talking about or knitting in front of non-knitters usually results in either this question or comment. And I'm sure that some of you can relate to this. Conversation usually turns into the person nodding knowingly and saying, Oh yeah, my grandma used to crochet afghans. Or they look at my work in progress and they ask the famous question. Is that knitting or crochet? And over the years, I've come to resent both remarks. And yeah, sure, I know that's totally wrong of me. I know that I shouldn't expect a non-knitter to understand the difference. It's just that when I'm working up a complicated cable design that took me a month to figure out, out of a yarn that costs more than the outfit I'm wearing, I don't really want it to be compared to grandma's acrylic avocado green and orange ripple afghan. I guess I just think that the two shouldn't be lumped together, but unfortunately, to a non-knitter, it's kind of all the same thing. It's like when a very good non-knitting friend of ours asked me if I sell patterns for crochet toilet paper roll covers. And to tell you the truth, I wasn't quite sure how to answer that question. It's for this reason that I don't really like talking about my knitting with non-knitters. Although I do wish that people could really understand and see what our industry is all about. It's my dream that someday people will associate the word knitting with delicate, beautifully designed heirlooms rather than acrylic crocheted toilet paper roll covers. You know what I mean? So for this episode, instead of a knitting story, I have an interview to share with you with designer and friend Kate Oates. You've probably heard me mention her before, and also in the past she's contributed a knitting story to the podcast that you can listen to on episode 40. Kate has been designing for the past few years and has so many adorable patterns available under her own pattern lines of Tot Toppers and When I Grow Up. And also, you may have come across one of her many other published patterns with Petite Pearls Online Magazine and with yarn companies such as Bijou Basin Ranch and Scassell. She recently also came out with a brand new how-to booklet called Math for Hats. She is just one talented girl, and I was super happy to have her on the podcast to talk about her latest project. Kate, how are you? Hey, I'm good. Good. It's nice to talk to you. Yes. I haven't talking. talked to you in a while. I know. <laughs> well, um, I'm so glad that we could work out our schedules for you to be on the podcast. I have your new book, Math for Hats, in front of me. 
and it's super cute. Oh, thank you. So in looking through your book, it's obvious to tell that you know a whole lot about knitting hats and how to design hats. So why don't you, why don't we start off by having you tell the listeners a little bit about um, how you began as a knitter and how you became interested in knitting hats in the first place? Sure. Well, first of all, hats I love because for one thing, you can learn any technique on a hat, right? And I feel like instead of having to, you know, practice color work for the first time on a swatch, you can knit an entire hat and then you've got something at the end of it. So that's probably like the reason why I love hats the most is because I just, they're just such a good learning tool. I feel like they're just a gateway drug to knitting because (laughs) you can just, you know, experiment. And like I said, you've got something at the end. You don't just have a square and a washcloth and a hat is just so fun. And of course, if you're knitting for babies, they're even smaller and even cuter and you just really can't go wrong. Um, So how I started knitting, I learned to knit in middle school. My aunt taught me. My Mm -hmm. mom does not knit. My sister does. I was actually um, jealous because she taught my sister's my little sister. Mm -hmm. And my aunt taught my sister first. And I was like, what is this? And (laughs) someone needs to tell me. So I learned. And I pretty much was a garter stitch girl through Mm -hmm. college. Like I knit this huge, really awful blanket. Mm-hmm. Um, we have all knit one of those. It is yeah. huge and awful. And I think it took me like two years of college and, you know, my boyfriend's watching football and I'm knitting, um, this horrible blanket the whole time. And yeah, it was bad. Um, but anyway, so that was, yeah. So then when I was pregnant with my older son, I started doing all the hats and I started learning things and I was like, Oh, Hey, you know, purling's not so bad. And then, um, let me learn how to do this really cute fair owl hat or, knit a cute embellishment. So that's kind of where my knitting took off. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, so since then I just, you know, like I said, hats were just what I was drawn to when I first learned actual techniques. And so that's kind of, it's still why I love them, but, Mm -hmm. um, but I do, yeah, but now I do knit more things other than hats, but yes, they're still my first love. I see. Cool. So you learned how to knit I mean, you learned how to knit, you did garter stitch, you got into hats. So kind of, why don't you tell us a little bit how your career has developed over the years? Oh, okay. Well, okay. So the first thing I did was I had a little Etsy shop and I sold my little hats on the Etsy shop and that got old really fast because (laughs) (laughs) there's just, you know, I just got really tired of trying to explain to people why they should pay $50 for a baby hat and I refused (laughs) to just stick with the inexpensive fibers. I really wanted to buy the pretty stuff at the yarn store. And, uh, you know, you just can't, I won't say you can't make money at it, but you have to be really strategic. And yes, you know, I, I just, it was not in my heart to do that <laughs> for, for much longer. Did you feel like so. a, a knitting hat factory? Yes, I was a total factory. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and it's like, it was this, you know, cause I would have one or two that were super popular. And so I'd be knitting those over and over again. And it was not fun to knit the same thing over and over again. I mean, I have still to this day, never knit a sock. And the reason why I've never wanted to knit a sock is because I think of all these baby hats that I knit multiples of, uh-huh. and I don't want to have to knit two socks. Yes. <laughs> these are hard enough for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so knitting two socks, I don't want to do and knitting more than one of a certain hat. Gosh, you know, I'm so over that. Yeah. So that was when, and then I started getting requests on Etsy for like, oh my gosh, I really love this hat of yours. Can you tell me how you did it? And I was like, okay, well, yeah, I can tell you how I did it. And then that just kind of naturally 
turned into patterns. And then I started hearing about tech editors and my personality is just kind of like do it all the way personality. So therefore, once I started doing patterns, I did research, I found out, you know, how to really be a designer and, you know, what that meant, what my obligations to customers were, how to do it right. And, um, and so that's what I strive for. I try to really do it right. And I try to be really complete in all my designs and my patterns. And yeah, ever since then, I've just done a lot. I think I have like 80 something patterns now. So kind of crazy. There are so many. <laughs> yeah. It's like every time I so look at Ravelry, yeah. there's a new pattern from you. I don't know how you do it. That's amazing. I, yeah. I mean, well, and let's be fair, the little hats are not, uh, not the same as when I do a sweater or something that's, you know, I can knit up an entire, I can have an idea for a hat and have a sample knit by the end of the day. Yes, and, you know, only it's another couple hours to, to write up the first draft of the pattern. Yeah. So, um, those, those can happen pretty quickly. That's the other stuff takes a little longer. Yes. So, so do you so much, do you enjoy so much more being a designer versus knitting for Etsy? Is it like a huge improvement? Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't want to go back yeah. <laughs> to the Etsy thing. Now, what I do still do sometimes is, um, you know, I really do enjoy being a little bit plugged into my local crafting community. So I get a lot of invitations to do local shows and stuff. And um, and those people are mostly interested in the finished product because I live in South Carolina, which is not the knitting capital of the world. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I have we have a little group of knitters here. And that's, you know, it's really fun when I get to see them and, uh, hang out, but it's, um, but when I go to these, you know, shows, they're not oriented towards vendors. It's just like the community at large. Right. So that's where I'll bring hats and that's no pressure too, because then at home when I'm preparing for it, I'm like, Oh, what do I want in it next? Mm-hmm. And what colors do I want to use? So I get to make the decisions. I can, I don't usually bring more than one of the same hat and that's just, you know, I bring what I want instead of having someone write to me on Etsy and say, I want a pink cat with a flower. Exactly. So it's on your own, it's on your own terms. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Well, awesome. Yeah. Well, um, so what made you interested in creating the booklet math for hats? What, what made you go from your hat patterns to creating this how to? Okay. Well, so I really wanted to get into the teaching circuit a little bit more. Um, my background, I actually, uh, I actually have a PhD, which I don't use on a regular basis, but I have teaching experience because I was, I taught, you know, during that process. And so I love teaching and it just comes very naturally to me. And so, you know, I wanted to develop a couple classes. So the first class I thought of was, well, I need to teach other people how to you know, make modifications to their hats and this kind of thing. That's, I mean, that's probably the number one question I get from knitters, um, like emails or private messages on Ravelry is, oh my God, I would really love to make this hat in an adult size. Do you have any tips on how I can do this? And so, yeah, so the class idea was, well, it's going to be math for hats and I'm going to teach people the basics of how you can add a size. And then it kind of, kind of blossomed from there. I thought of the different topics that you'll see in the book and, um, the class really did the first round of that class, which I taught as an online class Mm -hmm. happened before I drafted the book. And then I was trying to do some yarn shop teaching also. And so I was like, you know, this would really be plenty of material for (laughs) a bigger book, even than what I did. Um, but yeah, it was, so it was from the class, you know, class to book. And now I think the class is a lot better to have the book 
um, along with it and to have an actual reference uh, to be looking at instead of just my ugly notes that I gave the first class. So sorry, first class, you're in it. <laughs> I'll give you a discount on the book. <laughs> but you have my notes, yeah. That's what I told all of them. I said, you have my notes. Uh, it's the same yeah. thing. It's just pretty. But now, now you can say, so, well, if you yeah. turn your attention to page seven, you'll find my <laughs> That's exactly part. right. That's exactly yeah. right. Cool. That's exactly right. Yeah. So yeah, and there are a couple things. Uh, I guess the only the sizing chart was um, an addition after. Like I thought, you know, this would, there's a lot of measurements that I've never seen standardized, and maybe they're out there somewhere that I've never seen them. And you know, they're not. You know, there's there's few things that you might need them for a very specific hat design, and that's fine. But I I love using them, and I love knowing the forehead measurements and all this kind of stuff. If yes. I'm putting ear flaps on a hat, you know, I know how far to space them. And, um, it's, it's the kind of thing where for a baby, probably you're going to be fine without it, <laughs> without knowing that, but I'm a perfectionist. Oh, I, I like I to know. So, so I did the survey and yeah, so we have a new sizing chart that was, um, that was done up for the book. And, yeah. And I, well, so I, there think you go. Even, I mean, <laughs> I think that those extra measurements you did are awesome. And like, like you said, I haven't seen them anywhere either, but even just the basic measurements, like how, how many inches around is a, a newborn's head? You know, this is what I wanted to say before right. is this is such a good reference to have just to quickly just get out of the bookshelf if you want to just make a quick like hat for a gift. Because I think that that's something that right. every time I want to make a hat, I always am like searching online. I'm like, okay, where did I see that chart somewhere online that says that yeah. this is the standard measurement? And it's never, and never usually, um, includes all the measurements that you have, like all the way from newborn to adult large. So I, I think it's right, so nice just right. to have it in one easy place like that. Well, thank you. Yes, I do. I, 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 it really is what I pull out now. Um, I used to do the same thing with websites and I kind of have it memorized at least the circumference and length part just cause I've done right. so many hats, but I definitely check yeah. it <laughs> at the end. At the, at the very end, I'm like, Oh, let me make sure this matches up with my own standards. <laughs> yeah, that? there you go. <laughs> A good idea. And I was just thinking about that recently because um, with our baby that's due in November, I was thinking, oh, I, w I would love to make, you know, just some quick newborn hats because I have just like everyone in the stash, like um, balls of yarn oh, yeah. that are like, you know, just a little bit taken off of it. So it's not a complete ball of yarn. Yeah. And I was thinking, well, that would be perfect to just knit up some baby hats. But I, you know, I don't know. I It's been so long. I don't know like what a measurement of a newborn head is I was right. thinking what am I gonna do right. I'll have to like dig out one of my daughter's hats and try to like measure it you know so anyway this is perfect so yeah. you solved the problem yeah well yeah and so and all you need is your your gauge worksheet and your sizing chart and you're just yeah. good to go start from no, scratch it's, it's great so um why don't we talk about a, a few of the other features in this book because you really offer it's like packed full of like just amazing content for being a relatively small book. So you have a lot of great information here. So why don't you share a few of the other features that you really like? Okay. Um, yeah. Well, one of my favorite things is the pattern that's in this book. Um, and that kind of came about, I, I was going to include a couple patterns. And then when I was trying to, you know, I, I knew I wanted them to be fairly basic. And, and the reason behind that is because this book is not really, it's not a right. pattern book, you know, it's to help you realize your own yes. ideas. So I wasn't going to put in like 
really two really pretty patterns that were fancy and had a lot of math in them because that's just not the point. Like I wanted to give an like, okay, start here and then do what you yes. want with it. So I was like, well, okay, what kind of, you know, I was going to pick like one kind of board, like one kind of brim and then a body style and then another brim and body style. And then I just kind of was like, you know, it would really be fun to just kind of put it all mm -hmm. together because I was having a hard time narrowing it down because there are several different kinds of body styles. So the pattern is called the adventure mm -hmm. hat and it, it tells, it walks you through each piece of the hat and you get to make your own choices about what your brim is going to look like, what your body style is going to look like and what your crown decrease mm -hmm. is going to be. So you can make any shape hat that you want. It's done in a worsted gauge, but the book also includes a gauge worksheet, which would let you translate it to a different mm -hmm. gauge. So it's really like a pattern to make any kind of hat that you want in any gauge or size. I know. It's so awesome. I mean, I just think it's pretty cool. And I really loved those little, um, the choose your adventure yes. books when I was I know. Up. I had forgotten <laughs> so, about that until you mentioned it in this book. Yeah. Those were so fun. Yeah. That's yeah, so that's totally my inspiration. Like, once I kind of thought of it, I was like, that's exactly what it's like. It's like that when you get to, you know, pick your ending. And, yeah, so um, it's it's really fun. And, um, oh, and, and the other thing is, in, the, in that pattern, there's color-coded descriptions that are written out. So it connects the pieces of the pattern with everything in the book content. Okay. So it'll explain, like, how did I decide how many stitches were in this section? Well, I looked at what the circumference that I wanted, and I multiplied that times this. And it just kind of, like, pulls everything together, I think, really. Yes, nicely. I see that. So. Yeah, that's really cool. So this is this is such a great book because it, it really is like a lesson plan. Like, you know, like you were saying, you use it in teaching classes. So somebody could read this mm -hmm. and totally know all about how to, mm -hmm. how to, you know, knit hats and how to design their own, which is really cool. But also it's just like, like I was saying before, such a nice, easy reference for those of us who understand like how hats are constructed, but just like a really mm -hmm. quick, easy way just to, you know, knit a, knit a quick hat. You know who I was thinking would love this book are the people that knit hats for, um, you know, like for charity because yeah. they use like all different, you know, this is a way for them to use like all different types of yarns in their stash and just yeah, quickly knit, kind of yeah, and just quickly knit a hat in yeah. a bunch of different sizes, and they don't have to do a lot of figuring out, just a swatch, and they can use your formula and just go. So yeah, so you offer a few different styles of hat in the book um, when you talk about like how they're constructed. Oh yeah. You want to tell us about that? Yeah. Well, so the way, yeah, the way, so the way the book is set up is I kind of was trying to do it a logical progression of, you know, what are you going to think about first? So, you know, the first chapter is gauge and, you know, we all, most of us know what gauge is, but I, you know, I, you can't ever take anything for granted. So I laid it out for you. What's gauge? How do you measure it? Yeah. All this kind of stuff. Um, and the one thing in that gauge section that I think is really handy that I was surprised more people hadn't already heard of the term, but swatching in the round, um, is something that people who knit hats, uh, should really know. And so I've done like a little technique, um, with some drawings of how to swatch in the round. And the whole idea is if you're knitting in the round, you're always knitting. I mean, if your pattern calls for purling, right. then you're purling, but 
if you're knitting in the round, you're going to have a different tension than if you're knitting and purling back and forth. And nobody does that, or a lot of people don't do that in their swatching. And so then their hat comes out a different size than their right. swatch. And that can be like, depending on how big the hat is, that can be a big problem or it can be a little, mm -hmm. a little problem. So that section talks about, you know, shows you how to swatch in the round. The next section is the construction section. And here I talk about, you know, if you're going to go bottom up, if you're going to go top down, if you're going to mm -hmm. work something flat and then do seaming and when you would and wouldn't want to do these techniques. Because, for example, if you want to use intarsia in a hat, um, it's very difficult to do that in the round. And I don't really like the way there is an intarsia in the round technique, but I don't love it. So you might want to knit a hat flat and then seam it up the back if you really want to put intarsia in it. So that's kind of what the construction section is. It's an overview, but it it kind of like gives you it just tells you when you may or may not want to use this. Um, and it also talks about ear flaps, how to add those, how to add brims to hats, um, and that kind of thing. And then you get to the the sizing chart. And then I talk about ease, because ease is something that's also confusing for people that either haven't designed right. or, you know, they want to knit something from scratch. And ease is a totally foreign concept. And even if you're used to knitting, um, a, you know, garments, ease in hats is, is significantly different because when you're knitting a sweater, most yes. people want positive ease. They want it to not be like really snug on their body. Um, but hats are the complete opposite. You want to have negative ease. Otherwise it's going to fall off your head. So yeah, so that's an important thing that I, again, it was one of those things that surprised me when I, you know, yes. I would get questions about it and I'm like, I don't, what, what is, mm -hmm. what's missing here? And then I'd be like, oh, they're not, they're not thinking about the ease. That's why it's not working for them. Um, exactly. Yeah. 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 So it just gives the basics on, on ease. And then, yeah, styles and shaping. I talk about, you know, I show you little pictures of what each kind of hat is and, you know, how they work out. And, um, and then it's important to think about fiber content and stitch patterns and how, you know, you would just have to think about all the components of your, hat or other design because it's really it's called math for hats but yes. so much I think in this book can be translated to other things on a larger scale so you know everything you're doing you just have to think about the big picture and all the little pieces and so I think for the book I wanted to make sure all the little pieces were in there and at least right. talked about in an understandable way yeah if that makes sense yeah it totally makes sense and you did a really good job I I think it's very easy to understand Yes, very good. I like it. I will be using it. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> so, Kate, you must explain to us. So, you're publishing books, you're publishing patterns. Um, you recently got your PhD, and you have two children under the age of four, right? Yes. I do. Okay. So, so how exactly are this you doing This is my all standard answer. I don't sleep. And you think I'm kidding, but I literally do not sleep. No, I really, I, I am one of those people that does it. I wouldn't say that I thrive on little to no sleep, but I can do it. And so I guess when push comes to shove, there will be weeks where I'm sleeping like three or four hours a night. And I mean, I can't wow. go on like that forever, but I can do it for a couple of days if it's a deadline. And I do set deadlines. One thing I'll say that I got from my PhD work was um, just knowing what self-discipline means. And so yes. I would consider myself um, to have really good self-discipline. Deadlines yeah. for me are not a guideline. Like, and, and I don't mean that like deadlines that other people give me. I mean, I tell myself this pattern is going to be published, you know, in two weeks or whatever it is. And mm -hmm. 
And if that means late nights for me or whatever, then that's, that's how it happened. Right. So, I mean, granted, if there was like an illness in my kids or something that does take priority, I promise, I promise, (laughs) you know, I'm at the hospital (laughs) because my kid has to have their arm set and yes, the pattern will get pushed back. But, you know, if we're just talking about day to day, like I'm willing to sacrifice some of my sleep and, you know, that kind of thing to get it done. Yeah. So I would say that's the biggest thing. Uh Uh-huh. Well, yeah. Well, I'm always just amazed by how much you do. And I love seeing all the new patterns that you come out with because they're, it's just like they're getting better and better because I've known, I've known you now for a couple of years. Has it been, a, yeah. has it been like two years since we've been friends? I guess it has because it was the summertime when we first met and yeah, we're nearing yeah. the end of the summer. So and, yeah, it's been And two we years. met on Twitter. I mean, yep. Who would have thought? That's so yep, random. <laughs> so yeah, we've been friends for two years. So I've just like seen your your like knitting career just kind of from the its very beginning. Yeah. All the way to where it is now. So it's been really fun to watch. Well, so. thank you. Yeah, and you're I've obviously you know when I have a little girl, I'll be looking at some never not think cuteness. Yeah. <laughs> one day, one day. Well, I'm excited too, because when I found out I was having a boy, I was like, okay, finally I can start knitting some of Kate Oates patterns. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you have some really cute girl stuff too, but I do, but yeah, it's few and far between. I do have yeah. a love for, yeah, I have a love for little boys. Yeah. I feel like little boys don't get as much love in the design world. And, you know, even at the, even at the stores in the mall, you know, the boy oh. section is like, an eighth of the no. store and then the rest of it is for girls. I'm like, come on. I know. I just thought um. that like yesterday <laughs> when I was at the store, I was thinking this is just not as fun. There's just not well, as Well, and just wait, because it's actually not bad. Like as newborns and even, even for as long as you're in like the infant section, you do pretty well. Just wait till you start doing like the boys section. Then you're really like, where is all the, where are all the clothes? Because there's like four polo shirts here in two stripe patterns and then some khaki pants and that's all you get. So, oh, how sad. Yeah, it is very sad, but at least, you know, I don't, I don't like knit as much for my children as I would like to. Everyone thinks my kids must have all these great knit things, but you know, yeah. it's not like that. They have to stay all pristine for the trunk shows and, yes. you know, like the kids, you know, when I go to baby showers, they might get a knit hat, but my own kids don't. But I do, you know, they do have a pretty good number of hats, I will say, because the things do get retired from the trunk show. And that's usually where they go. It's yeah, the kids. So. Right, right. They, they are the cutest hatted kids mm-hmm. in Lexington, South Carolina, when the high or the the low for the day is like 50. And my kids are in their like ear flap, cheery scrap caps. Oh, they are cute. toasty warm all the time. <laughs> if we should mention that you're your boys model for you. I mean, they're, Oh yes. Oh yeah. I mean, you, you do use other children too, but they're your yes. main models. They are my main models. Absolutely. I, I mean, if the item is for boys or if the hat is unisex, then it's, you know, gonna it's going to be on, on one of them. It's and going on one of them. Yeah. And they're like super adorable. I mean, yes. like the cutest little boys ever blonde hair. Blue eye. I, it's really, okay. um, it was really funny because my first, I can't remember how long I had been doing it when I realized that this was happening. But at some point, you know, I had maybe like 15 or 20 patterns out and I'm going back and I'm looking and this is even including models. And I'm like, oh my gosh, every child is blonde haired and blue eyed. Like I have no (laughs) diversity in my models and it wasn't like intentional or anything. And then I'm like, okay, you know, and one of my, one of my best friends is, uh, is Hispanic. So I was like, okay, I really need your children now because everyone's going to think I'm like this crazy person with all these weird (laughs) guidelines. And it's not that, you know, like I, 
I'll like I'd like to use your child for a model, but they have to be blonde. But let's put on, yeah, let's put a wig on them. And, <laughs> yeah, you know, I promise it was totally <laughs> unintentional. But yeah, and it's really funny because my older son, I mean Charlie's Charlie's a two and a half year old, and then my older son is four now, and um, he is the biggest cheese. I don't, I, I mean, you just, and both of them, like I'll, you know, if I get the camera out for like just a candid shot, like you're, Oh, you look so cute. And they pose. You know, they, they like strike a pose. Yeah, and I'm like, my, daughter my, does my, my husband says I'm ruining them. And, <laughs> you know, and like I, my most recent pattern that I just came out with Diplodocus is this dinosaur sweater. And some of the pictures are, I mean, there's, I really loved how the pictures turned out, but I'm like, you would think that I stood there for an hour saying, okay, Jesse, now put your hand on this wall and put your hand on your hip. And no, right. I mean, that was totally him. Like we, we don't even have to coach him anymore. <laughs> He's like, I know exactly what to do. I How cute. <laughs> yeah. How funny. Yeah. That's adorable. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah, I'm sure you did that too with your daughter. Oh yeah. She's, she's definitely got the photo face down. <laughs> it's in every single shot, you know, that we take of her candid. Or I think we old. noticed that more than I hope the other, other people do. Yeah. yeah. I hope other people just think they're cute. I get them back and I'm like, oh, that's really cute. But that's the same exact thing we've seen. Like, can we do something? But so yeah, funny. my daughter does this funny thing where she like squints her eyes and opens her mouth with this like really fake smile. Like it's so cheesy. <laughs> I'm like, no, stop. <laughs> that's what she thinks like you do when you take a picture is. Well, it's funny because people warned me about that. They said, you know, it's great when they're like toddlers and stuff because you can get them looking all cute and candid and stuff. But then once they get to a certain age, they do start being really posy. Yeah. And it's hard to overcome that. So I think I think maybe you and I are in for it because I think we're getting that that stride where like it's gonna be a little more difficult to get not totally them weird. Just to act natural. Yeah, yeah, like real natural ones and stuff. Yeah. I know. That's true. How funny. Yeah. So where can if the listeners are interested in math for hats, where can they find it? Oh, you can find it on tattoppers.com. Mm-hmm. Your website. Um, I have my website, yeah. And so my website, you can, but they don't, there's a separate link for a hard copy versus an ebook copy. So it is available as an ebook. It's the same price. Okay. Um, so you can get it either way. Okay. And um, if you get it on Ravelry, there's, it's just a, it's just the ebook. So if you want a hard copy, you need to do that. But it's also available at a lot of yarn stores. Mm-hmm. And um, I would love for you to buy it at your local yarn store. And, you know, if you really like it, you can tell your yarn store that you want them to bring me in for the workshop and I'll teach it for them. So. Oh, cool. So are you I've, traveling around and, and teaching Yeah, I've done, uh, yeah, I've done a couple of shops now and I'm really excited. It's, it's gone really well. It's, it's really, really fun to meet knitters. Um, I'm coming to Stitches Midwest if anyone's going to that. So I'll be there with cool. a booth. So please keep an eye out for me there and come say hello. Awesome. Teach you. So yeah, I'll have the books there and yeah, you can find it. And your individual patterns, same thing. You have them on Ravelry as downloads, but that's you can right. buy them, the hard copies through yarn Local shops. yarn stores. Okay. Yep. That's right. All right. And then you also have all this other fun stuff. Do you still have your kits available? Do I do know? have some kits. Yeah. I haven't um, updated my website. I mean, the way, I think the way the website is set up is you, it does have them still by hats. I'm kind of doing like skeins now. So you can like mini skeins. So they work really well with hats. Oh. So uh-huh. you'd pick like three mini skeins, the colors you want or whatever. Maybe you need two of one color and one of the other. So kind of, you know, updating the website as I can. But yeah, you can still get them on the website. Cool. Under and, the kits. And Hot you have kits. Yeah, okay. And you have the t-shirts and the lip balm available too? or Yeah, I have. Um, the t-shirts are very few and far between. 
Okay. And I'm not sure actually if they're up right now. I kind of have been doing them as swag and just giving them away to people and um because screen printing takes more time. <laughs> yeah, right, right. So, so, so like, cute, I'm, though. I'm screen, print, I'm screen print, I screen print those by hand. So That's um, amazing. That's yeah, just another like, thing you do. Them. That's right. I don't order them from somewhere. It's like, I mean, I order the t-shirts, but then I'm like with my screen printer in my kitchen doing it myself. So Like at yeah. two in the morning or what? At two in the morning or whatever it is. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. In the bags, the screen print the little bags too. I am totally out of bags. But I'm hoping I'm hoping to do another print run before stitches. Okay, so we'll <laughs> so when you're not designing patterns or um, screen printing, you're making your own lip balm. That's right? right. That's right. No, and that was really fun too. Okay, this is so not hard. Actually, I'll have to send you um I'll have to send you the link to this because you can link it for the listeners too if they're interested. Oh. But I did a bro- a blog post on the lip balm and it I gives you the that. recipe. Yeah, so it's super easy. Literally, you just like melt everything together and then pour it into a tin. You know, it's yeah. so easy. And um, I did it because I wanted to give it away. I, I had a, I did an, a show um, in Atlanta last Christmas, mm-hmm. and it was a really big show. And like one of the requirements was that you gave a certain number of swag out to people. Oh, so that was my swag, and it was really fun. And I thought my lip balm smelled delicious, and so I made four. That's so cool. No, yeah. it's it is really really fun. I, yeah, you're amazing. You do so much. It's crazy. I don't do it all well, unfortunately. No, <laughs> you do a really good job. I, you know, sometimes I think I'm that I do too much and I'm like out of balance or whatever. And then I'm like, but Kate Oates does Kate like twice true. as much as I do. No, it's crazy. I'm so impressed. Oh, and I have to tell you that I wear the the t-shirt that you screen printed for me, the Never Not Knitting t-shirt. Ooh. I wear that all the time. That's like Very good. Yeah. That's great. That's the awesome. They're so cute. Thank you. Well, it's so nice to have you on the podcast. Thanks again so much. And um, I hope that we can chat again soon. Thank you for having me. I always love your podcast. You know that. So okay. honored, honored. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Kate. You're I'll welcome. talk to you soon. Okay. Bye. Well, I hope that you listening enjoyed learning a little bit more about Kate and her new book, Math for Hats. And if this book is something that you think you'd like to add to your knitting library, I invite you to check out her website, tottoppers.com, which I will provide a link to in this episode's show notes. I will also be providing a link to the kits that she offers, as well as her Etsy shop, if you'd like to check out the adorable t-shirts that she screen prints herself. And also, if you're interested in seeing that sizing chart that we were talking about that she put together for the book, she's also shared that chart online on her website, and it's a super great, helpful resource that I think everyone listening can use. So I'll be sure to provide a link for that as well so that you can print one out for yourself. Kate has also kindly provided a few surprises for all of you listening. She's offering $3 off, her Math for Hats ebook just for the Never Not Knitting listeners. To receive the discount, just enter in the special code NNKMATH in the checkout process on tottoppers.com. Also, she's offering 10% off her individual pattern PDFs as well, and the code for that offer is NNK, and the patterns are available through her website as well as Ravelry. Both offers are good through August 15th, 
so be sure to stop by and check out what she has to offer. And of course, as always, there will be a brand new drawing giveaway for you to enter. All of you listening will have a chance to win a brand new signed copy of Math for Hats, two adorable Tot Toppers t-shirts, as well as a tin of Kate's homemade lip balm. All of the drawing details will be provided on my blog within the next few days, so please come and enter. As a reminder, the show notes for this episode, as well as all episodes of Never Not Knitting, can be found on my blog at nevernotknitting.com. You can also find me over on Ravelry as Never Not Knitting, and if you'd like to get in touch with me, please email me at nevernotknitting at gmail.com. Well, that's about it for today's show. Thank you again for listening, and please join me back for another new episode on August 15th. Remember, next time, I'll be sharing all the details of my new design project, so don't miss it. Until then. She won't even do the dishes. The houseplants, they're all dead. Yeah, her needles are a-clicking. From morning until she goes to bed. She won't take the time to brush her teeth. Let's not even talk about her hair. If it isn't about knitting, she just doesn't really care. She's never not knitting, and it's making her husband mad. Her husband mad. Pop ramen again. She just won't stop the stitching, and the neighbors say it really is quite sad. Nobody has clean laundry No pants, no shirts, no underwear But they have closets full of sweaters And more socks than they could ever wear There's yard in the fridge In the cupboards, the bathtub and pantry even in the washer and dryer That's why She can't do any laundry I need some clothes She's never not knitting And it's making Her husband mad Her husband mad I'm filing for divorce She just won't stop her stitching And the neighbors Say it's really getting bad She's taking pictures of socks again Oh is burning up in flames her husband says get up let's go but she can't set down her project she says just let me finish up this row she's never not knitting and it's making her husband mad her husband mad she just won't stop her stitching, and well, she's losing all she had.